Hello and welcome into the KE Report. I'm your host, Shad Markwitz, and I'm speaking today with Christopher Aaron, founder of iGold Advisor and senior editor at Gold Eagle website. And Christopher, it's always great getting you on the show to get your technical thoughts on the markets and in specific on the precious metals versus the general equities. Uh, we've had a series of discussions really over the last few months where we've been pointing out some nuances. And on this one, we're going to tie together part of a talk that you gave at the Vancouver Resource Investor Conference just uh, last week. And it was great hanging out with you in person there, meeting face to face. But let's bring some of those ideas to investors here at the KE Report today in this episode. And I want to start off with looking at a chart that goes over the 800-pound gorilla in the room, as you've been calling it in your presentations, and that is gold versus GDX. You really break down the nuances here and why the divergence in gold versus the gold stocks, Christopher. Yes, and Shad, thank you so much for having me back on the show. It was great to meet in person at the conference. It was an excellent conference. You know, despite some of the depressed valuations that we see, I think there was an air of optimism somehow permeating there. So let's talk about, let's have the difficult conversation today for precious metals investors, and, and let's, but let's actually look at it. You know, sometimes when we have this sort of mysterious boogeyman in the corner, it can actually be worse. But when we just look at it straight on and think about what is really happening in the global economy here and then say, hey, can we actually align with this as opposed to being fearful of it, things can really work out all right. So let's take a look at this, this first chart. We're looking at the performance of physical gold on the bottom of this chart going all the way back from 2006 to the present. And then we're looking immediately on top at the GDX Senior Gold Miners Fund. This is a basket of about 30 of the largest gold miners around the world. And the key points are labeled on the chart, but we just want to make note, for example, of the 2011 tops when gold topped at 1920 per ounce and the GDX topped at roughly that 65, 66 level. Then we can see the major declines, five-year declines into the 2015 lows, and then the recoveries from 2015 through the present, where we've seen gold, as you can see on the bottom by the green arrow, make new peaks above the 2011 top. And then we can see how the GDX, very companies that mine this exact metal out of the ground, they have not exceeded their 2011 top. And then we can see even more underperformance on our recent time scale when we look at points one, two, three, and four, which are all roughly equivalent for the gold price at that 2075 level. Yes, there was a, a brief overnight blip up to new all-time highs about six weeks ago for the gold price, but it could not sustain. We've been hovering right at that same level, one, two, three, four. And you can see how the GDX has made lower and lower peaks the entire time. So really, the talk from my uh, presentation in Vancouver was, what the heck is going on? Well, Christopher, let's dig into the gold chart a little bit further, just to give people some direction on what could happen, because it looks like after four attempts on knocking on heaven's door, gold is getting into position where it could break out. And so you included a gold chart here. And it really highlights after those one, two, three, and four points you just discussed, a potential fifth point, which would be a true breakout in the gold price. You have on here an arrow kind of indicating the end of 2024, but walk us through what you think the trajectory could be in gold 
is it going to actually break to new all-time highs? Yes. So what we're looking at here is the gold price action since 2019. This is sort of the relevant points one, two, three, four, as you said, Chad. And remember that each of those points, roughly equivalent on the gold price, has represented lower and lower peaks for the very companies that dig this metal. And so the target zone that we have right now, there, there is a system behind all these colors that you'll see on these charts that we have annotated here. Nothing is random on these charts. There's extensive detail and, and analysis that goes into labeling these charts. The green zone, which is sort of this slightly irregular kind of rising triangle, is our target expectation for gold for the remainder of this calendar year. And it's simply defined by the valid rising support that we have out of the lows from 2022, that sort of short-term break below that 1680 level. So that rising support is still valid. And then we have a broken trend structure from point number three, connecting the swing peak in October of last year at 2000, which in fact was broken higher, leading to point number four. And then you can see how after falling back from point number four, the gold market found support at that band. That band is shown in the light dashed blue trend color. And so the logical, the way that our system works here is by looking for logical zones of support and resistance based on visible evidence on the chart. And so right now we have this rising support. You've got a slightly declining support. Those levels merge in May of this year at 1925 per ounce. And then from that point forward, the rising support exerts more influence on the market. And this is all happening below points one through four, which is a horizontal resistance level at that 2075 per ounce. So this is what we have as official target right now for gold. It's a logically defined price zone for expectations. And then I look at my study of technical analysis over the last 20 years. And I say, I have never seen, I've never witnessed a market make four attempts to break out and then not eventually be successful. I'm not saying it can't happen. I mean, there's a first time for everything. This, you know, tomorrow could be the day that the asteroid smashes into earth from outer space and our world is completely different from how we've ever known it. So gold could theoretically make four attempts. And this could be the first time that I've ever witnessed that it actually does top out here. However, I'm not going to side with that. Despite the underperformance that we've seen in the, in the gold stocks, it still looks to me like gold wants to round up at some point in this calendar year and make a successful breakout on attempt number five. When that happens, we will be projecting an initial wave 2165 to 2350. I have a serious expectation that the ultimate target for the wave higher on wave five will be somewhere in the mid 2000 range. Again, that's labeled on orange on this chart for your attention. It's my highest probability. But for the immediate time being, we are still in the green shaded zone until we actually witness that breakout holding on dual weekly closes above the 2075 level. 
All right. Well, it sounds like any way you slice it, we're still going to be able to see gold, providing that's not an asteroid hitting Earth event and that gold pulls back. We're <laughs> still going to see gold break to new all-time highs in this year and then possibly project at least a couple hundred dollars higher, maybe a little bit further to that other target you have. But let's bring up one of the topics that you've really highlighted more than any guest on the show, Christopher, and the next few charts really dig into the nuances of this. And that's how gold versus the Dow looks on a short-term basis, on a medium-term basis, on a long-term basis. Let's start with the chart you included that's a little bit more short-term in nature. And it just shows really since 2022 to present, the trajectory of Dow and gold, the Dow gold ratio, the recent and historical, what, what's the key takeaway you get from this first gold and Dow Jones chart? Yeah, this one is just quick. This is just the last two years. And, and I'm just trying to show how strong this correlation has been between seemingly diverse asset classes. We're talking physical gold, the 5,000 year store of wealth and the Dow Jones industrial average, the most widely followed stock index around the world that we have the longest history on going back to the mid 1800s here in the United States. I mean, these are supposed to be different asset classes, yet they're functionally being treated as the same by the market here over the last two years. And this relationship, how long this continues or when it actually breaks, when it actually severs in favor of one of these asset classes is the single most important macroeconomic data point for investors to follow over the next one to two decades. I will not hide my words about that at all. So I just wanted to show um, how tight this correlation here has been over the short run first. Yeah, Christopher, and I think that also speaks to the point you were making at the Vancouver Resource Investor Conference, that the reason a lot of generalists have not migrated over into the gold mining stocks, even with gold doing well, is because look how well the general equities have done during the same time period you include another chart here, though, and it backs up the clock a little bit further to 1970 to present. And you can see these periods of really inverse correlation the whole time until just the recent past, really the last, let's say, seven years. We've had a rising gold price, but really a flat Dow to gold ratio. So maybe break this chart down for listeners. Yes. Yeah, so this is the not only is this the most important macro signal for investors to be paying attention to for the next couple of decades, but it actually explains why the, the gold mining sector has underperformed the metal so much, that 800-pound gorilla that we first looked at in the beginning of, of this talk, Chad. So just to go back to 1970, and remember, we're looking at all of the freely trading price data here for gold. You know, I'm not emitting any cycles uh, from this chart. And the point that I'm trying to bring to investors' attention here is that that strong correlation between the Dow Jones and gold that we just looked at in the short-term chart, you can actually see here that from 2015 through the present, as the gold price has doubled, that Dow to gold ratio is completely flat. You can see that in the red shading on this chart. And so... Um, what that's showing us is that that tight correlation is not only a two-year phenomenon like we just looked at, it's actually more like an eight or nine-year phenomenon going back to 2015. And you have to think about this from a, a psychological perspective as far as the mainstream investor. 
So for a moment, go back to the previous two cycles, the pure green shading. When we're talking about the 1970s cycle, in which gold was higher by over 2,000% in nine years, notice how the Dow to gold ratio compressed lower. It actually moved from 25 down to 1. So that is a 96% outperformance, a, a 96% decline in the value of the Dow compared to gold in nine years. So think about what the average investor around the world or in the United States, someone who invests in their um, 401k funds, you know, someone, let's talk about the average person, someone who has a job, has a career, but it's outside the financial world. They do their thing and every month they contribute a couple hundred dollars to their retirement plan. They would have seen year after year after year, they're losing value relative to gold. They, they are not keeping pace with the inflation. They're not keeping pace with the gold price. You multiply that average investor out in the 1970s by a few hundred million people around the world who slowly but surely reach a point where they're saying, hey, you know what? There's a bull market going on here in gold. I'm not keeping pace with that. I'm going to take 10%, 20%, maybe a third of my investment portfolio and put it into gold. You multiply that by a few hundred million people around the world. And some of those investors would have said, you know what, gold is doing well. I want to try to leverage the gains in gold. And so therefore, I'm going to put some of that into silver and some of that into the gold and silver mining sector. That is a key reason why we've seen in previous cycles such strong outperformance by the mining equities compared to gold. Exact same thing happened from the 99 to 2011 cycle. Slightly different numbers here. Dow to gold compressed from 46 down to 11. So it was about a 75% decline in the value of the Dow compared to gold as gold went up eightfold from, uh, you know, from 99, 2000 into the 2011 peak. The point that I'm trying to make here is that the cycle that we have lived through for the last eight or nine years is an anomaly. And it's the only time in freely trading gold history that as gold has risen, so has the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And that explains why the average investor, the person who just plows money into an index fund, United States, they have the same system in Canada, they have the tax-free savings account, they have the same system in, the United, in, uh, in Australia, the superannuation funds. Most Western developed economies have these, these automatic investment plans and the average investor has not seen the need to move into gold in this cycle, making this cycle unique and explaining why the bid on the more marginal side of the, of the sector, the mining equities, has underperformed so much. Well, Christopher, just to that point, you also include a chart here on the Dow, on the U.S. equities, and it's a screamer of a chart to the upside really since the bottom in the great financial crisis in that late 2008, early 2009 time period through present, you've annotated it with the trajectory you think things could keep going. Let's look at the U.S. equity market and the path it's been on and the path it may remain on. Yeah, so let's just remember for a second, as we pull up this chart and we're looking at the Dow Jones Industrial Average from uh, 2007, you can see the global financial crisis happened there into the lows of early 2009 the recovery, the long-term trends here, very clear horizontal 
support and resistance levels that we see on the Dow Jones. You can see the more aggressive rising trend that began from the coronavirus lows at roughly that 18.6 level. And then you can see what is happening here for the Dow Jones, which is a new all-time high, which has just been recorded three weeks ago. Now, that is highlighted in the, in the orange color on this chart. For a moment, think about the difference between what we just talked about uh, with gold versus the Dow. We looked at how those two asset classes have been so tightly correlated over the last several years here. However, we're starting to notice a difference in that correlation. Remember, gold has thus far been unable to sustain a breakout to new all-time highs, despite the four attempts to do so. And here we see that the Dow Jones Industrial Average has indeed registered a new all-time high. Not only that, but it's held it for three weekly closes in a row. So this looks like a, a legitimate breakout underway for the Dow. We do have a higher target for the Dow. We have a very reliable way of measuring intermediate term advances. We're talking one to three year advances. Um, and the way that we can do that is we can look at the amplitude of the of the entire cup consolidation that has happened here since 2022. It's 8,395 points. We can see that the Dow is now in blue sky territory. It has just broken out. And we can take that 8,395 amplitude, add that onto the breakout point, yielding an official target for the Dow as shown in green of 45,372 points. And I would expect that target to be achieved sometime in the window of, of 18 months from now to two and a half years from now. So, you know, we're, we're really talking about in that window, let's call it late 2025 through late 2026, as shown uh, in the blue arrows. The key takeaway here is this is an official target right now. If you ask me, hey, Christopher, sit down, give me your highest probability chart-based amplitude-derived expectation for the Dow, and I'm telling you it's a target of 22% higher as things stand at this moment in time. Compare that to the expectation for gold, which I said I think is going to break out. I've never seen a quadruple top in a long-term market like that. However, the official expectation for gold, as shown in green on that gold chart, was for more consolidation this year. Until we actually witness the breakout, I can't give you an official target higher. And we have not witnessed the breakout in gold. We have witnessed it for the Dow Jones. So if I can here, Shad, I'll, I'll move on to the last chart, if that sounds good for you for today. Well, I may just interject here that I think this last chart we're going to share, Christopher, is what ties this all together. And we talked about this off mic, and we talked a little bit about this in the last discussion. But this chart you're about to unveil for people, that's the Dow Gold Ratio, is really the key chart you want people focused on really for the next decade or two. Yes, absolutely. So here we're just focused on now the, the Dow to Gold Ratio. You know, before we looked at the Dow to Gold Ratio in comparison to gold, we looked at both the Dow and gold overlaid on one another. Now let's just have a crystal clear look at the ratio itself. Again, in the freely trading gold era, this is all the available data. I'm not cherry picking any data here. The key pattern to be aware of is this giant four and a half decade converging triangle with rising support in favor of the Dow shown in the magenta color 
support would currently come in at the 13.6 level and declining resistance in favor of gold shown in the blue color with resistance currently coming in at 18.95 18.95 ounces of gold to buy every to buy one share in every company in the Dow Jones 30 average this is converging it's been converging it's been extremely flat here for the last 8 or 9 years however nothing moves flat forever and we just looked at the data points of Dow Jones having successfully broke out to new all-time highs, gold having not yet done so. And so now we look at where this market is trading. Look at the close and look at the date on this. This is We're talking today on a Friday. This is January 26th, um, 2024. The close was at 18.89. And the official downward trend there, that blue trend, is 18.95 so functionally this trend is being tested right now as we are speaking that said if we overlay the analysis on the individual components of this ratio and we remember that we have a higher target for the Dow 22% higher but we do not yet have a higher target for gold it appears all but certain that this ratio is in fact going to break out here within the next let's call it one to three months uh in favor of the dow it looks like we are about to witness a generational breakout in favor of the dow now investors really need to think about what this is going to mean not just you know here over the next 12 to 24 months when we're looking at can gold in fact itself break out uh, as we said a moment ago, I do believe that the evidence shows that gold, in fact, can still break to the upside. Perhaps it's going to be with a little delay, maybe a six to 12 month delay behind the Dow. And so the Dow will be leading. But I still do think there's an opportunity for gold to break out. And for a lot of these uh, gold and silver mining equities that have lagged so much over the last eight years. Remember what we first talked about, you know, in this talk this week. I believe that when gold has that opportunity to break out, a lot of these lagging mining stocks could see notable gains. I mean, in the realm of several hundred percent for some of these lagging companies would not surprise me at all um, into a gold breakout if we start seeing gold trending 22, 2300, 2500 in that range however after that move if in fact we get that breakout in gold after that move the evidence here from the dow to gold ratio is showing us that from a generational time perspective what is going to be shaping up here is an outperformance from things that are related to technology and industry you know, the, the Dow is an industrial average. So things that are needed and things that are going to be used by civilization going forward are going to be the themes that investors should be focused on when we're talking about after this potential final wave in gold. And I propose to you right here that based on the evidence that we see on this chart, uh, this is a, a 40 four-year consolidation that is underway when a market breaks out from a from a four plus decade consolidation 
it will trend in the direction of the breakout for several decades, several decades. This is not going to be a short term signal that we that we look at here. And so I believe after what could be a final wave in gold, and I'm still invested in gold for this final wave, but it's not too early for us to be looking at the macro landscape here and trying to piece together what is the message that this breakout in the Dow to gold ratio is telling us. Is this all, you know, funny market manipulation designed to prop up a failing economy in an election year? Well, maybe there's some of that. You know, I'm not discounting that possibility. But that's not all. That's not all what we're seeing here when we're talking about freely trading markets. I mean, ultimately, the markets cannot be manipulated forever. And when we see a 44-year consolidation on the verge of a breakout with, with evidence that it is going to break out in favor of the Dow, which represents technology and industry, what it is telling us here is that similar to the 1980s and 1990s, where, yes, there is continuous inflation in that 2 3 4 5% range, and yes, the printing of currency and, the, and, and fiat currency and the debasement of currency is an abomination. And yes, as myself, I wish central banking would be abolished. I think we would all be better as a civilization if central banking was abolished and we went back to a gold-backed currency. I believe all those things and I will continue to work for those things, even though that is true. What this chart is telling us is that as a species and as a civilization, we are actually progressing at such a rate that those problems with fiat central controlled currency are actually less significant than the progress that we are making as a species. And so in essence, what it means is that as a species, as a civilization, we are actually winning we are winning the battle against the central bankers, not in the way that the strict gold bugs hope that we will win. You know, most of the gold bugs hope that we will win by the currency going to zero, by there being a hyperinflation and by, you know, owning a few ounces of gold, you get to buy an entire city block or, or houses or hotels, et cetera, et cetera. The, the market is showing us that that wish by the, by the gold bug only crowd is not going to manifest. And I understand people might be angry at me for being the messenger, but I am simply showing what appears on the charts here. And I would argue that if, if you can take one step back, I know there's a level of comfort of having a thesis. And look, you've been mostly right with that thesis for the last 25 years if you've been invested in gold. Gold has done phenomenally uh, since the early 2000s. But the evidence shows us here that as investors, we need to take a giant step back, a giant massive step back. This is not a short-term trading signal here. This is a generational signal that is setting up in which the markets are, are telling us that there are going to be such advances on the, on the industry and technology side that if investors want to remain focused on, let's say, natural resources and, and commodities, I'm not saying we have to abandon those sectors, but the specific subsectors within the natural resources that we will want to be focused on 
are going to be those commodities that are needed for industry, technology, and the outward expansion of the human species. So we could talk about industrial metals, we could talk about battery metals, we can talk about energy, we can talk about new applications for technology going forward. And then it is also going to be those technologies and those companies that propel civilization forward into the next giant leaps for humankind. And maybe we could talk about what those are, are going to be you know, in a future talk. But those are the key takeaways of this Dow to gold ratio that my evidence shows is going to break out in favor of the Dow. And so to bring it back one more time, I still think there's a distinct possibility of one final wave, let's call it 2024 through late 2026, anywhere here in the next two to three years, for gold to be making that final run. And then this chart shows that it should be a final run. A lot of those mining stocks can play major catch up in that window. And in that window, we're talking now, it is not too early for investors to be taking that giant step back, re-examining the world in front of them and saying, hey, how do I want to be an investor for a civilization here in the United States and in the West that the evidence shows us is actually going to be making significant strides forward? Well, Christopher, that is a lot to take in, but we'll wrap it up there. And it's a bittersweet moment in the sense that it sounds like it could be the last hurrah for gold and gold stocks, still an epic move to come in the next, let's say, year or two. But then it pans out into a wider discussion about commodities and energy and the other aspects of the commodity sector that investors can take a look at. We'll get into that in future discussions, but this was a great segment here, really painting the big picture of what's happening in gold versus U.S. equities, why the gold stocks have underperformed, why they're likely to outperform in the medium to near term over the next year or two, and why we need to widen our scope for the progress of the human family. So we'll wrap it up there, but it was great having you on. As always, Christopher, if people like getting Christopher's thoughts, definitely click on the link below. It takes you over to iGold Advisor. And until next time, Christopher, always looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you very much, Chad, and best of success to all the listeners.